This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The People's Nighttime Parliament. Power Perspective with Denzel Taylor. 8 p.m. to midnight. Ten minutes past nine. Like I said, uh, the city, uh, city CEO, City Power. Uh, I'm reading it from the other side and from the back as well. The City Power CEO or the CEO of City Power, uh, Tsifularo uh, Mashava, is my next guest. And of course, we're going to be talking about what's been going on in the last couple of weeks, but also the bigger and broader plans that, of course, Johannesburg does have and budgets, budgets and budgets uh, and how uh, the city is also engaging with uh, instances of province and uh, the finance MEC and what's going on uh, in, in relation then, of course, to renewables and all of those particular spaces. Well, load shedding and, of course, everything else is impacting your life. But, of course, load shedding is you know, one of those that are uh, in the main impacting either the economy and or the socioeconomic spaces that we engage in and none other than the CEO of City Power then to fill us in on what the city is doing to alleviate some of these issues. Uh, Tsifularo uh, Mashava, welcome to Power Perspective. Welcome to Power 98.7. How are you? I am well. Uh, thank you, and good evening to uh, the listeners. Sure. Uh, you know, the previous the previous caller, one of uh, uh, it's it's an open line. So the previous caller talking about crime and talking about the police aspects, and and suggesting also as we head into December, you know that you know sometimes we should also just be having programs that look at the positiveness of the police service and what they do in apprehending people over this particular period but also over a long particular period is let me let me ask you this is december a period you look forward to in essence and i'm going to relate it to that particular individual's call talking about crime does crime where um you know where infrastructure where where equipment is concerned does it impact highly in December or does it go down in December? Cash in transits, of course, if I was speaking to Becky Tele, will tell me, you know what? Yeah, you know, people are, have been collecting money and, and this is the time and, you know, and you've got to be on your guard and, and online crimes and all of these things. Where, where infrastructure is concerned around, you know, city power is it is it is it on a scale upwards or is it you know a period where you can relax a little bit and then you, you're going to go and say oh my gray hairs are going to return in january yeah look and um, unfortunately um december does bring that bedside mm. uh, to see um the levels of lawlessness mm. uh, on the rise mm. Uh, in terms of theft and uh, vandalism. So uh, that is there now. Mm. If it's December and there's also load shedding, um, then it's even worse. Then it's then it's even worse. I I I would have thought you know where where the impact is. A lot of people exit Johannesburg and maybe even those criminal aspects exit Johannesburg at a period in 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 December. You know, and 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 festive seasons begin to happen. So you're saying. Criminality is criminality, and what you're experiencing, where where the city is concerned, and where infrastructure is concerned, where power is concerned, doesn't really matter whether it's December or not. You you still sit with the same with the same kind of results. 
No, definitely. If, mm. if we look into our state, there isn't a really um, a reprieve that we get from mm. December. So in as much as you won't have a lot of people in the city of Johannesburg, it doesn't mean that the criminals are also mm. on holiday, unfortunately. Mm. So um, theft and vandalism is still pretty much a constant in December. Do you define, do you define differently theft vandalism and and sabotage and 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 if you do just you know let's 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 have an understanding of of those particular three terms because i would i would in essence you know define those differently i would define theft and 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 i think i know what that would be i would define vandalism something something else and vandalism might be you know uh, uh, something of the destruction of equipment, not necessarily leading to theft or or sabotage, and then there is sabotage, and there is sabotage deliberate and or you know other. Do you also define those particular three differently, or do you find that they all have the same the same reasoning behind it? Uh, and in in essence, when people are you t- you know either stealing vandalizing or sabotaging the 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 results that they want to achieve are the same or it's just different entities doing different things um the results are the same the motive yeah. is different mm. um so when theft you obviously just dealing with uh, criminals who want to gain something from mm. something that doesn't belong to them so case in point would be they dig out our cables and mm. they sell those uh, for copper, right? Mm. Um, so that is theft. Um, they store our, our mini substations. Uh, they basically um, take, obviously, the copper that is inside there. Um, and when it comes to vandalism, we also mm. have instances where um, criminals are actually caught on camera mm. where you find that um you know they it, it's really just destruction mm. uh of our equipment so for example um when it comes to uh, street lights mm. in areas where there's high crime they do not prefer for our street lights to be on mm. so they're not stealing anything mm. uh, but they go to a point of just um actually shooting at the lemonis, so they actually shoot at them mm. um, so that then it, the whole place can go dark, right? Mm. So uh, that for us would be vandalism. And then we've got instances where, um, I'll use an example when we had a fire in one of our substations uh, in El Dorado Park, and when we were a scrambling in terms of okay, what would have been the cost when the guys were still trying to set up the investigation and all of that, mm. and we're trying to get the recovery going, and somebody started attempted to start a fire mm. just further down in another mini sub, um, and we found even you know fire just from um, yellow pages. Mm. <laughs> um, there was mm. like. Yeah, so that for me would be clear sabotage, right? Mm. Just to get, um, to create chaos mm. really uh, in the system and just render the system um, uh, dysfunctional. Mm. So we do see the three categories. Uh, the impact for us is the same mm. it's damage to our infrastructure, it's losses for our organization, it means we can't keep the lights on for our customers. 
It's a mm. terrible and frustrating time for our customers. So the impact is the same, mm. but the motive is obviously different. Sure. The, the issue of sabotage, um, the theft and the vandalism fine, the issue of sabotage, do you, do, do you find that, you know, the, there is a financial aspect to it? You know, is there a political aspect to it? How, how have you been engaging with your team and or the city around the issue of sabotage? That's, that's, that's something a little, you know, different in a category that's different. Yes, your, your results are ultimately going to be the same. People are going to be load-shedded you know, and, and outages will begin to happen. But sabotage, in essence, from what I've also been reading in, in your statements and other people where, you know, who, who speak about this, speak about the sabotage of our infrastructure, either for political reasons or financial gain. Have you been able to, to assess this particular sabotage and how, on what kind of scale it's beginning to happen uh, in the city of Johannesburg and whether that's on an upward trend because people are looking for financial gain. People will talk about the water infrastructure, for example, and then water tankering comes into play and how that particular system, you know, benefits the, the, the business person who's into water tankering. Sabotage, I would, I would assume, is, is of the same, but, 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 you know, is it on the, what kind of scale is it on? Look, I'm not really an expert, right, at mm. decoding uh, the human psyche mm. really behind uh, instances like this. But what I can talk to is, um, for example, you find um, for us, sometimes it has to do with, say we've got contractors mm. that are working for us in the system, and then we take a business position. Uh, to scale down on outsourcing the work and we intend to do the work internally. Mm. You tend to see a lot of outages, a lot of breakdowns, a lot of thefts. Mm. Um, so our numbers really just um, flare up, which is, um, is, is one can assume, mm. and I say assume that maybe the trigger behind it is uh, you've got a group of people who are deciding to create enough chaos in the system to then force you uh, to carry on with mm. that process. You're not going to obviously cope mm. uh, with the volumes that you have been confronted with. So there are instances that we as an organization will obviously look at the data in front of us and make mm. certain um, assumptions and we may actually conclude that this could be uh, driven uh, from uh, that perspective. Mm. Or you find that, um, um, it, it's, it's, for example, you are being forced to actually um, outsource um, 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 certain services. So that does happen, but I, I, I'm not qualified to be able to say, look, um, we think um, it's, a, it's for financial gain or mm. for political gain. Uh, or any of the sort, but we do see it in the system. Mm. Is it? Is it? Is it? You know, because maybe you know there are, there are no corrective measures via maybe the 
justice system that's taking place whereby you could actually begin to say, you know what, yes, we, we, we're dealing and we see the sabotage and it is, you know, related to contractors because we're, we, we're seeing that, you know, we have been able to charge various companies or, or are we not yet able to identify specifically in that direction? And so the next phase does not happen whereby people actually get, you know, apprehended, charged and, and, and fined and or you know, imprisoned for such things. Is is it because we don't have that particular aspect yet in play, you know, that we can't make a particular judgment around it? Um, actually, uh, from City Power's side, mm. we are quite happy with uh, the progress that we are seeing mm. um, in terms of we've got quite a number of criminals um, that get arrested, but mm. we are also starting... Um, to also see the convictions of mm. people getting a number of years um, in prison. Um, so we are starting to see the shift, we're starting to see the results, um, and I, I believe we've got a very good partnership with the security cluster mm. and good partnership also with the communities that we serve. There's a lot of community police forums that have come forward uh, to ask the city power to say, let's partner with you so that we can protect um, the infrastructure in this particular region. And it is um, yielding uh, the the results. Mm. But of course, we still have a ridiculous number of incidents at the end of the day. So in as much, we are starting to see that shift. Uh, we are not there yet. Mm. Um, the incidents are still way higher, and I believe way more can can be done mm. uh, to prevent us. Sure. The 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 element of the last week or so, you know, where where you know people were experiencing either you know the the two hours, and when when I was looking at somebody else's schedule, you know, it it seemed to be two hours periodically versus you know generally the four hours and and you know uh, people were also in the last week or week and a half or so beginning to talk about you know their their problems with schedules let's just get into that particular conversation and then also get into the issues then of money and what those particular you know schedules are beginning to to look like and how they look like in the future and maybe you know that's that's not maybe something we can predict but we can maybe speak to because you would you would understand how many megawatts you've got in your pocket and you could throw it at us at any particular day, or maybe the ones that you don't have and that you're going to try to find somewhere. Let's let's have an understanding of of what what what's going on with the scheduling where the city of Johannesburg is concerned, and then you know the the issue of then ESCOM and 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 the the differentiation there. What what, what was. What was what was going on over the last week or so, and and that differentiation suddenly, you know, that saw us either engaging two hours and not four hours, and then also why two hours on such a regular basis and not why the and 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 not the regular four hours that we were generally seeing. Um, sure. So I think a, a couple of factors, and maybe let me just start off uh, by. Um, acknowledging that mm. low shedding is frustrating, mm. irrespective of four hours, two hours, mm. whatever it is. And I think um, the residents of the city of Johannesburg uh, are, are, are feeling 
that pain mm. um, and are frustrated, really. And I think what we can do as a utility is to obviously try and make that um, as manageable as possible. Sure. Uh, because we don't have a choice. Load shedding is here mm. for now. Um, so, uh, firstly, is, is maybe to try and create an understanding as to why city power is in charge of the load shedding and not ESCOM. Yeah. And also the context that says, it, it is not to say we were not in charge of load shedding everywhere else. Mm. So we're talking pretty much about a 40% that we now took on. So we've got 100% control. Mm. We've always been load shedding the other areas. Yeah. But the, the, the real reason behind us taking over, it, it's really three in the main. The first one being, uh, December last year we had and, and 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 you're saying taking over 100 percent is that the understanding? Yes. Sure. So we are now yeah. in, in take uh, like totally in control yeah, sure. of all the areas. So December last year we had the floods. When mm. we had the floods, it took us over a month to recover. Um, and and simply because when you've got load shedding, it's not safe to work on the network for our mm. technicians. And now. If it's one big area, you can then go to ESCOM and you can request to say, okay, please do not lose shit me here. If it's upstream, where mm. they control, um, you negotiate with them. They may or may not agree with you. Mm. So last year, it was very difficult for us because it was isolated areas. Um, and ESCOM was like, in as much as we'd like to help you, but it's isolated areas. And mm. we switch off uh, upstream at the main substation. So we can't assist and it became clear that if for as long as we're not in control of that, mm. I will always have issues whenever a disaster a hit mm. because we're not able to isolate that area so that we can re- do our recovery work uh, quicker. So it took us over a month and we could have taken just a week mm. and, and fixed those um, issues. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, the water crisis. Mm. Um so I'll, I'll use an example of uh, in the Robertville area, somewhere in Forteport, uh, there's a booster pump station for rainwater. Mm. Now, uh, if they have load shaving uh, for like four hours at a time, mm. it can easily take them two to three days to recover to ensure that they pump water from Rodeport side to Mahale City all the way to Northwest um, Rastinbeck. Mm. Now, we needed to find a way of isolating uh, that station so that we do not load shed it because um, uh, the act of us load shedding creates uh, a domino effect in terms of um, other problems. Mm. So people will have no electricity and no water. Mm. And then number three, businesses came to us and said, uh, can we enter into agreements with you where we are able to rather reduce our load as mm. opposed to you load shedding us? Now, if ESCOM is in charge, we are not able to do that. Mm. So um, this year, I when, when businesses have, when businesses say reduce their load, are they talking about placing less 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 pressure on the system themselves, and they would practically then just reduce, you know, as business the the, the sort of impact that they have on the system and and reduce their load. Correct. Wow. So if okay. you're running a production, right. Right, you're running a production, it requires mm. a lot of electricity. Yeah. Uh, now, instead of you running a machinery at 
80%, you can then scale down your production and you produce that 80%. Mm. It means less electricity, but it's not really disturbing, right, mm. um, your, um, your, your production as opposed to total losses. Because some of the products like PPC cement, they cannot afford, uh, you know, total shutdown. Mm. So we then um, worked with some of our uh, big customers to then agree with them and assigned quite a couple of those uh, load curtailment agreements. Now, in order for us to honor those, we need to be in control of the load shedding schedule. Mm. And the reason why we believe we need to honor those is we all need our economy um, to work for us. Mm. So we cannot afford for people to lose jobs and lose electricity and lose everything at the same time. So that's why these are the main three reasons mm. why we went for this. We want to be able to work on our network as and when is required. We want people to still have their water supply and we want to do what we can in mm. terms of, uh, you know, for our economy as a country. Mm. And then why the, um, the two hours are not there for us? Yeah. So, um, again, lawlessness, uh, what we were talking about earlier on. Mm. Unfortunately, during load shedding is downtime, uh, and the criminals, uh, that's their time. So when it's four hours, they've got more than enough time uh, to do what they need to do. Mm. If it's two hours, not quite. That's why about two weeks ago, we actually caught some guys, and they almost got electrocuted, actually, mm. um, because they were thinking it's going to be off for about four hours, mm. and then it quickly came back on uh, much sooner. So for us, the two hours um, is actually uh, better okay. than the four hours. Um, however, we do acknowledge that uh, stage one to stage four, uh, that can work brilliantly. Mm. But as the stages go higher, that might be an issue. And the other reason as well was that our substations, the batteries tend to die if it's um, longer, uh, mm. longer periods. Mm. Um, and when the batteries die, what it means is uh, when low shedding is up and I'm supposed to switch it back on, I will switch it back on, but you will not be able to go back on because the battery in the mm. substation has failed. Um, and that was just um, adding on to our mm. problems. If it's two hours, at least the battery has enough time to, to recharge. Mm. So those were some of um, the reasons why we opted uh, for the uh, two hours. Now, stage one up to stage four, we are keeping with the schedule mm. uh, that it will be every two hours. And we've been at it now for a week with the reverse schedule. Mm. And we're able to guarantee... Um, at least anything between six hours and 14 hours in between uh, the, the two hours. And the schedule has been running like that. And if we, if our customers experience anything more than that, it's because of the aftermath of load shedding, not the load shedding schedule mm. itself. So what that means is that we failed to bring you back on. Mm. Either the criminals were at it again, they vandalized something or stole something. Mm. Unfortunately, when you're off... Oh, because of uh, the age of our own infrastructure, unfortunately, um, um, we tend to have a lot of equipment failure or inrush current, which then requires our technicians to go and sort that mm. out. And then we fail to get the customers back on. So it's no longer load shedding. It means there's something else that happened mm. uh, post load shedding. Sure. Then I think the last one uh, on load shedding for me is, um, unfortunately, there's major discrepancies between 
what gets published on the app. I think it's Estonia Push, that yeah. app, and what is on our website. Mm. Um, we have uh, communicated quite a lot of that as well today. We really plead for our customers to go onto our website to look at um, the shadow as opposed to that app mm. because um, since uh, this, this round from November, We've noticed uh, quite a few uh, discrepancies. Um, would it, CEO, would it not be better to, you know, when and, and I'm thinking that you probably have longevity in mind when you are looking at the kind of scheduling that you're doing and you're looking at you have longevity in mind with the kind of processes you're talking about, you know, whether it be to, to you know, minimize the impact of criminals and or then, you know, minimize the impact on the system itself. Um, would would it then you know not not be 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 app to get one's own app in that particular aspect and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm sure what you're talking about is the manual versus autom automation systems where you're saying then we have to get out to your area to go and deal with your problem that would have arisen from the load shedding but not load shedding itself. Um, you're still on the on the on the on the on the manual system and my understanding is you're predominantly still on the manual system uh, and that is impacting your the your 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 time frame. But also then, you know, if, if things are not aligned on the app, are, are you engaging your own system for, for longevity? Yes, um, definitely. We're mm. actually um, hard at work now in terms of ensuring that we get to have our own app mm. because we also acknowledge that um, looking for all of this on a website is not customer-friendly, it's not mm. user-friendly, uh, whereas uh, the app is an easier platform for one to get this information. Mm. Um, and at the same time, we also do not want to place over-reliance on an external party. A case in point is where you then end up with um, um, information like this, with you want something else and the external party is reporting something else. So we're definitely working on, on our own app. Um, and then the other issue of the manual versus automated. Mm. Uh, so we do have um, some of our substations that do not have what we call SCADA, the system of SCADA, mm. although we do have coverage in, in most of the areas. But we do have some areas that do not have that coverage. And where we don't have that coverage, it means that our technicians have to physically go uh, on site mm. in terms of the switch on and um, that uh, switch off sure. that we got to do on load shedding. Mm. So we've got about 96 teams at this point in time of um, operators who actually um, those teams are then deployed to do the manual uh, switch on and switch off across the uh, city of Johannesburg. So um we do have plans definitely to digitize. We mm. have to automate. It is 2023 after all, and we need to mm. allow technology to work for us at this point in time. So we do have um, those plans in place. Um, the pace, however, is obviously informed by the budget that we get allocated for, for such work. Uh, but this is where uh, we are partnering with the parent municipality for our city of Johannesburg in this case because they also uh, want to do what they can uh, as a city to support our city power in terms of load shedding. Sure. 
CEO, just you know, you've been talking about the 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 mechanics of of ESCOM and City Power and how City Power is beginning to, you know, engage uh, independently then from how ESCOM would have been 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 working around these particular issues and the kind of problems you're bumping into as as the city then where either it's scheduling, either it's infrastructure or the criminal aspect and or even if it's just the frustrations then that 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 people are having around these particular issues. How you know when 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 we discuss on a national level with you know the the minister of electricity, um, and we talk about and people have been talking about stage six and stage eight and potentially we were in stage six but you know it was stage six. I I think we can all agree that it might have been stage six. It felt like stage eight, but I think from a technical perspective and from a proper perspective, it would it would have been stage six. It was just implemented differently. Maybe that's the answer. But but how stable? You know, when people talk about the national grid and, and a total blackout and and how unstable it is and how it's impacted at certain instances, how stable is the city of Johannesburg grid from from either a collapse in parts or a total collapse, you know, of the electricity network? How, how stable are we? And what kind of, you know... Um, positive, you know, could you speak into it? I understand the budgets and I want to get to the budgets, you know, as 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 the next question. But but from a grid perspective, from a from a from a perspective of withstanding all the power surges that 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 happen on the on the two hour cycle and the wear and tear and the and 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 the capacity sometimes that's just not emerging from from time to time. How how vulnerable is the system? Um, we've got a very stable grid, let mm. me say that, um, in as much as it's old infrastructure um, and there are parts of that we should have long replaced at this point in time. Mm. Uh, but uh, due to the uh, predictive maintenance and preventative maintenance um, that we implement, as well as corrective maintenance during cases of uh, breakdowns, mm. We do have a pretty um, stable grid, but I must indicate this grid was not designed uh, for load shedding, and that's why it will not be all systems failing every time there's load shedding. Um, So after load shedding, there could be an incident that some of the customers may experience, but that does not mean that the grid is unstable. Mm simply means that there's been equipment failure in an isolated part of the grid. The whole reason why we do load shedding is to prevent blackouts, is to prevent mm. uh, grid uh, collapse. So at this point in time, if I speak for City Power, if I speak for City of Johannesburg, mm. we do have a stable grid. We do have plans in place to manage load shedding mm. uh, to assist our system to be able to still be up and running post-load shedding. Sure. Uh, how, how, how are you dealing with, and I, and I would suppose, you know, you've, you've got your call centers and you've got your, 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 your agents that, that particularly take on, you know, all the calls that would come through. Either, you know, the power hasn't come back or the power queries around certain aspects. Do you, do you have in relation to a number maybe 
of how many you know loggings you are taking on a daily basis in in comparative to and I'm trying to have a comparative to it you know how many people are complaining or phoning in or logging you know complaints on a singular particular day versus what you could potentially get out there from a resource perspective to fix how behind you know are you in that particular in that particular space are you are you you know is it is it just you know an enormity that you're trying to 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 close that particular gap or are you close to what people are complaining or phoning in about to the capacity that you have to actually go and fix what is what is the balance there what is the ratio there do you? okay so we've got um we save about 380,000 customers Sure. That's the contest, 380,000 customers. But at any given day, um, if it's a normal day, pretty mm. good day, mm. uh, we tend to get um, on average about 800 calls um, per day out of the 380,000 sure. uh, customers. Um, and when things are really bad, um, it can go up to about 4,000 wow. uh, calls. Um, in a day. So, mm. so, 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 for example, when we had the floods, um, that's what happened. Or um, if we had to experience very cold weather, mm. um, that's what's likely to happen. Incidentally, also, um, if during a heat wave, mm. you know, that's what would also happen. But in average, they were talking about 800 or so cold. Mm. Now, we are well resourced to be able to cope. Uh, with the 800 um, uh, to 4,000 because um, we are operating model is such that we can pull uh, mm. from various teams, right? So mm. uh, when we've got a really bad day, we are able to pull our planned maintenance teams. Mm. So we then pull our planned maintenance, we put a halt on our planned uh, maintenance. So even if we had communicated, we're able to communicate that we're canceling this planned maintenance so that we pull those teams and they can come and assist us on our tages. And uh, we've got ratios if it gets to a particular level. Mm. We are also able to pull our street light uh, maintenance teams as well because they're also trained to be able to assist um, as a backup in mm. terms of network-related matters. Mm. But over and above the fact that we are able to call the teams, and then we also have the fourth team that we're able to call, and this is the team that does the disconnections and the reconnections on, on, on revving. So we are able to call these three different teams to come and assist when we have a bad day. Mm. So that's our operating model. But over and above that, um, we also have contractors that we rely on, mm. that we on board, um, and we ensure that they are trained, and we deal also with work etiquette and customer etiquette issues, um, you know, uh, in, in that regard. So we do have backup system that allows us to be able to cope uh, if we happen to move from the 800 to the worst case scenario of 4,000 mm. or even 5,000. So sure. I would say at this point in time, we are well resourced because of how we've designed our operating mm. model. But your 800 is, is an easy reach. Your 4,000 is, 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 yeah. is something else. Yes. Sure. Yes. Let's, let's 
CEO, I'm just going to go to um, the voice notes a little bit, and I and I'm told that we have at least two voice notes so that we can just listen to, and maybe they've uh, some some of our our listeners have a question or two. Let's let's listen to some of the voice notes in in re, in relation to this particular conversation. Hi, Potenzo. Um, question for the CEO: Which other countries are you supplying electricity to? Um, we know that in South Africa, um, or, or besides the whole of South Africa, that there's some other countries that you supply electricity to, and we'd like to know which countries are those. Hi, Potenzo. Hmm. Um, question for the CEO: Which other countries are you supplying okay. electricity to? Okay, same question, same question. Um, CEO, I, I, I would assume that's not that's not relatable to to the city of Johannesburg, right? Um, yeah. That that would be to to the national minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, uh, we are confined to supplying in the within the boundaries. And and to those three hundred and eighty thousand, um, yes, that that you would have mentioned um, uh, earlier on. But I, but I, but I, from I think from 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 knowledge, I think we 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 do. Uh, uh, just my understanding is, as a country, we we supply to Botswana. I think we supply some to Zimbabwe as well. I think we supply uh, also, um, you know, to to various of the Southern African countries. Uh, and I think there was uh, legal aspects to that that. Um, you know, in in essence, that come into play there, uh, and contracts over many, 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 many years. Just like we we would get electricity from Lesotho, for example, and and water from 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 those particular waterworks there. I suppose those those particular things are in play. Uh, let me let me ask you, CEO, about budgets. Now, if if I look back and I look at statements, you know, around 2022, and then I look at statements around 2023, um, where Things things seem to change a lot where budgets are concerned, where where money 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 is concerned, and 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 how to impact. And then, from 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 budget to budget, it seems at one point you 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 know there's 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 something that suggests that you're happy with the kind of budgets that you're getting. Uh, and and I think in in 2022 the the kind of numbers you know that that were being 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 Banded about was 1.2 billion for infrastructure upgrades, and that's um, also 1.6 operating budget, and that's to reduce the power outages, and and give us this reliable, affordable, sustainable. That was from August 22. Are you still in the same bracket conversation or budget conversation where you're you're still happy with the budget allocations and you can do what you need to do? Or things have changed and alloca- and allocations have gone somewhere else and, and you know, it's a different conversation at the moment? Um, so, I think just to clarify, mm. um, the budgets are never enough. But we are happy that uh, in the port, mm. uh, the city allocates uh, what they can for us. So, if you look at the fact that uh, perhaps the city as a whole has something between seven and eight billion rands on KPEX. Yeah. And then you come to City Power alone, and we are sitting at about one point two billion rands. You'll appreciate. Mm. There's no way, even if I wanted five billion, that the city would be able to give me that. Right? Yeah. So that you you you're probably at the top of your of, of your yeah. scale. Mm. Correct. Correct. Mm. 
So from that perspective of the fairness in the allocation where the city applies its mind to say, okay, let us try and ensure that uh, we do not compromise service delivery. Mm. Let's allocate this. Um, I believe the allocation uh, that our colleagues in, in finance um, the city manager signs off, um, the what MMC finance champions and the executive mayor. There's a fair allocation mm. there. Um, we, because you, you don't want a situation where other services are not funded at all. Mm. But when you look at that, uh, it's definitely not enough mm. to deal with what we need to, to do. So our backlog in terms of what we should be renewing on infrastructure our backlog is sitting at 40 billion rings. One four? Four zero. Oh, oh f- no, four, right, okay. 40. Mm. So if you compare 40 with the 1.2 that I, mm. I got, mm. um, I'll never be able to do what I need uh, to do, right? Mm. Um, and then when you then go also to repair and maintenance budget, um, if you look at the guideline as well uh, from National Treasury, the mm. guideline from NERSA, Ideally, we should be investing about 8% of our CAPEX on repair and maintenance. Mm. And um, for the past three years or so, we're not reaching the 8%. We're somewhere around 6%. So that's mm. not very good. Um, so there are shortfalls. Although we are getting whatever allocation that the city is able to give us at this point in time, mm. it's not enough. And it is for that reason... Uh, that is an entity. Uh, we are pursuing alternative sources of funding, um, and we've actually been even approached, right, by some investors saying to us, uh, "Let's partner. We believe that we can do this." Mm. Um, we have engaged you know, with DMRE, with DBSA, with Housing Province, with a lot of other stakeholders, um, and we are looking at ways in terms of how we can get uh, the support that we need so that we can offer the right services for our customers. Mm. See, where are we in relation to national rotation and 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 city of Johannesburg, you know, rotation where where uh, power and supply of power is concerned? You know, there's there's sometimes a conversation that that talks about what the national rotation is, and 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 sometimes the city of Johannesburg and the city of Cape Town and and other cities will engage and say, you know, uh, we're w- what we are actually doing is because we're in a in a place where we could add additional this and add additional that and we found additional this we're actually uh cutting by up to two stages you know when 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 we when we're relying on the calvin plant or we we're engaging you know the 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 uh alternative power supplies where are we on on the national rotation versus the johannesburg rotation or is it what it is at the moment and where do we don't have the capacity to soften the blow where, where the residents of Johannesburg are concerned? Uh, right. So um, the city of Johannesburg or city power does have an independent power producer, which is Calvin. Mm. Um, and, and they give us about 180 uh, megawatts, which is about one and a half stage for us, uh, because 120, is about, um, 120 megawatts is about a stage of load shedding for us. Mm. Um, at Johannesburg. Now, unfortunately, because um, Kelvin is part of our 
base load. Mm. So we run Calvin flat 24 yeah. 7. Yeah. Um, uh, SCOM does not allow us to use it. Um, whereas when it comes to Cape Town, they've got, I think it's called Steel and Brass. Mm. And it's one that they only they don't run it twenty four seven, so they only bring it when there's load shedding. So they're then allowed. So the difference is the one that one is hydro, and they only call it as and when mm. we've got coal and it's part of our base load. So that's the unfortunate part mm. after Johannesburg. Otherwise, we would also be able to say uh, we're getting a stage or so off, but um, unfortunately, that's the difference. And ESCOM rules works against us. Mm. Um, now, that is in May doesn't mean we must accept defeat on the matter. Mm. Um, so it is for that reason that we are opting to recommission our own open cycle gas turbines. Mm. Um, we're doing some work in partnership um, with uh, the province, um, under the guidance of the province and with the funding of the province as well. Uh, so that we are able to bring those uh, plants uh, back. Mm. So we are in the process of um, uh, con- uh, doing some uh, refurbishment and also looking at what um, what technology would be best. So there's an option of diesel, which is quite pricey. Uh, mm. There's an option of jet fuel, which is at least um, half the price of diesel. Uh, and then, of course, there's the option of gas. Uh, but with that, we have to also look at the issue of allocations of, of gas. Mm. So we've got those plans, and definitely uh, those should be commissioned in the year 2024, mm. uh, because that work has already started. Um, but the, this we are not doing just for city of Johannesburg. Our partnership with the province mm. is where the implementation agency for provincial mm. programs. So whatever that we are doing, we look at the entire province. So we can look at city of Johannesburg, but we also need to look at mm. um, do the in partnership with Alicidi Municipality, as an example. We're working with Randwest, we're working with Mirafong, uh, so that we actually pull together in shielding, uh, housing as a whole uh, from load shedding. Sure. So there's definitely something uh, coming up in the calendar year of 2024 where we should be switching on. Uh, alternative energy mm. solutions. How how are you beginning to to look at alternatives to re- recuperate what what is always an issue, you know, uh, in in municipalities and and cities is is collecting the. The, the the monies owed to the city and let's let's just look at electricity in this particular instance and not you know water and all the others How, what kind of steps are you beginning to do you know are, are they even feasible the kind of you know programs that you might have in place that that begins to suggest that people who do owe the city money whether it be households or businesses you know begin to pay those particular monies because you know that is that is money you could you could begin to to spend and spend in the in in the right way and as i say that uh, how much money have you potentially and i'm sure you do have have you worked out that you lose every time you 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 rotate the system by two hours every time you you are in the in the load shedding you know schedule how how much money are you are you 
losing that particular way. So it's a it's a double-edged, you know, sword. On the one end, you are owed a lot of money uh, by people who obviously, you know, ha- are not paying those particular bills. And and on the other hand, you you know, there's a service not pro- being provided during load shedding, and that is 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 cutting your 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 revenue in a particular way as well. How are you, how are you engaging that that double-edged sword? Look, um, we, we, I'm, I'm happy to say that we are very aggressive in our revenue collection um, mm. efforts, as we should be. Um, so we are actually putting teams in place to make sure that we go after every single cent that we are owed. Mm. And this is whether you're a residential customer, a business, or even a government um, entity, because we need that money to be able to give you the service that you deserve. Mm. And and, and that's why we are doing it. Um, Now, on the other hand, obviously when there's load shedding, it means that we're able to sell, we're selling less, Mm. right? Mm. And the other problem with that is that my bill from ESCOM does not really go down Mm. that much, Mm. simply because my bill to ESCOM, um, a, a large portion of it is fixed. Mm. then the other portion is variable. So load shedding or not, that bill is still pretty much high. Mm. Whereas we don't really do the same uh, with, with with our customers. So with load shedding, it, it's got a very negative infe- effect really mm. on our, our finances. In fact, if you look at the past five years, uh, we've been selling low volumes mm. uh, because also some customers are then going off grid. Um, we've been uh, selling low volumes and we've also been making um, lower amounts in terms of um, revenue. So load shedding has not been kind um, mm. to us as an entity at all. Mm. How, do you, how do you recoup? Is it by increasing? Is, it, is, it, is, is that the only way that one could then deal with, with, with a scenario like that is to say, you know what, we just have to increase our, our rates at the end of the day because we, we, we just can't continue with, with the kind of finances we either have? What's, what's, the, what's the answer? We cannot do that because if you keep on increasing your, your tariffs, uh, but you are not your product is not reliable. I mean, this load shedding we're just going to mm. switch you off, and as and when the willingness to pay sector obviously goes down, mm. uh, and you're just going to end up with everybody saying, "Listen, I'm leaving. I'm going off the grid." Mm. So what we've had to do um, is uh, innovation is really our only way out of this, and. We're actually, uh, funny enough, we actually had a conversation uh, today mm. uh, with the uh, political leadership in the city as well um, to say where municipality uh, places a reliance in terms of its existence, uh, places reliance on electricity uh, revenue mm. uh, at this day and age is the same as uh, thinking you are going to make money from selling sex machines. That business model is gone. Um, so, so Making money from selling fax machines. So you have to reposition mm. yourself. We are not going to make our money from the sale of mm. electrons. That's not there. So we've had to reimagine mm. our business model. 
Um, and we've had to say our biggest asset is our wires. So let's support our customers as they go off grid mm. and let us get our revenue rather from a wheeling tariff. It means if you are a business and mm. you've got 10 other sites, um, you can generate from point X mm. or you can buy this power even from Northern Cape mm. and you will it, you can wheel it through our network mm. and we pay you a wheeling charge. So the electrons are not ours, mm. but the, the wires mm. are ours. And we're actually able, that's more sustainable, we're actually able uh, to, to, to make money from that. And the trick is for us to obviously be available for you. So we're able to also mm. charge an availability tariff on the day that your own power doesn't come through to you, be it from solar or, or whatever else. So there's that repositioning that we are thinking of. But there's also the repositioning that says we might as well also uh, position ourselves as an EPC, so mm, so an mm. engineering procurement and construction entity, because we do have the capability at, at, at City Power in terms of engineering, design work, uh, you know, consulting work, project management work, and we can actually do that work right um, uh, for you and actually mm. make money. Uh, out of that. So sure. case in point is we've got a partnership with province where we're actually being paid to actually um, do this work on behalf of the of the province. So this is where we get to sell our capabilities. I mean, City Power is an entity um, that is very capable um, technical team, sure. uh, very experienced people who've been in the system for a very long time and they've built such Stations, the the operators, the very same guest turbines. There's a wealth of experience and technical expertise. Gotcha. And we can be able to actually uh, sell that. Nothing stops us uh, from when somebody's putting um, a big mall or whatever it is for us to sell our expertise and actually make our money from that. Because also with all those customers that are going on solar. Poor workmanship may become an issue. It may create voltage issues for us. But if we are part of that value chain, then we start having alternative uh, revenue streams. Gotcha. Um, you know, as opposed to being a dying business of selling sex machines. <laughs> dying business of selling sex machines. CEO, I'm going to say thank you so much for coming on to Power Perspective tonight. It's much, much appreciated. And good luck. Thank you. Thank you. And that, of course, is the CEO of City Power, uh, Tsifularo Mashava, talking to us there. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.